from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. First and goal on the Dolphins one. Zamir White, the setback behind Stidham. Handoff, trying the middle. Zamir White pushing, pushing in. TDLV. An opening drive touchdown for the Raiders. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he's sacked. Tashawn Bauer had him around the waist. And the Raiders defense holds on fourth down. The clock hits zero. And that's another Vegas victory. 15-13, Josh McDaniels and company improved to 3-0. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Tuesday, Cofield and Company, Steve Cofield, Finley Toyota Studios. Ari's here. Willie is the company. Let's get right into it. It's the three on Cofield and Company. Tons of NFL headlines, of course. The eyes of a nation looking upon Las Vegas. Patriots in town. Joint practices today and tomorrow. So we'll get into some of the details out of the joint practice. And awesome comments. Great job today. Got to follow up on Dana White and Tom Brady and the Raiders and Mark Davis and man, Derek Carr must feel something special. So we'll get to what Carr said and what he was asked today in the five o'clock hour. But coming out of the gates, actually, interesting news for the Raiders. That game one at SoFi against the Chargers is going to be a tough one. J.C. Jackson is out. I think. I think. Now, you're Doc Ramirez when it comes to these injuries. Now, you didn't have the same sort of injury, but news came down just a little while ago that their star cornerback, you know, signed for tons of money, stealing him from the Patriots. Ankle surgery today. Jackson is estimated to return to play in approximately two to four weeks. So you're right in the middle of it with that opener down at SoFi. So... I mean, if anything, are you getting 100% J.C. Jackson against the Raiders? That's uh, surgery in two to four weeks. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Modern medicine. I mean, you're talking two to three weeks for the opener, right? Two, two and a half. That's. Uh, it, it just depends on what was done. Do we know the extent of the surgery or just ankle surgery? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I don't. You're not getting 100%. There's no way. There's just there's so just we'll no, track that. I mean, that's no, really yeah, interesting yeah, news going into a game that basically is uh, you know a three and a half point spread, and this was their big signing on defense, and that's what they needed to add was defense. So back end of the D, they spend their money on J.C. Jackson. They make a trade to bring in you know former Raider Khalil Mack up front. That's it's just you think about high ankle sprains, and those are three to four weeks, and then you have to go through the rehab process and do proprioception work and a lot of other. Um, therapy maneuvers to to sort of get the ankle back into a normal process and, and being able to cut and do what you it's just like the knee. You have to do specific therapy. So I I, I mean high ankle sprain is one thing. Now you're, t- you're talking about surgery. So yeah that, that would be a huge loss or at least a huge dent in that defense even if he plays because now you're going to challenge someone with somewhat of a flat tire. Were you around Allegiant at all over the weekend, or at least did you get a chance to see there was a giant fire outside the stadium after the weekend 
concert, and I saw lots of memes. You know, no one got hurt. Turned out to be a merchandise trailer. Lots of memes on this one, including as the fire was burning, someone's like, that's the right tackle situation with the Las Vegas Raiders. I didn't see it till like harsh. the next day. I was, uh, I was at the Aces game. Yeah, right across the street. Across the street, and it was the traffic. I got there. I like to be there two hours before tip. And so I pulled into the garage around 3.40, and it was already crazy with security and cars. And they're already, you know, challenging those who were pulling in, saying, you know, depending on who you were pulling in, I had to let them know I'm with media, go here. The supervisor came over, let me in the right spot. So it was – but anyway, I left, and I – I didn't see it, but I didn't see it until I think the next day I saw something pop up on social media. Merchandise trailer. But generator, boxes put too close to it. You're just talking about driving and how people were uh, rubber necking with an accident. Uh, this morning, I sort of encountered the same thing, probably around 8.15, driving south on the 15. Apparently, there was a fire in Chinatown. So as you're going towards the Spring Mountain exit, yeah. like there's a fire off in the distance, and people are slowing down. It's like you, you can't see anything. Yeah. I, I was just looking for what the what happened with the fire. I don't see any indication. Just it's, a couple of videos. It's irritating. It's irritating. We yes. talk, we've talked several go, times go. in the last couple of weeks about freeway driving, and people are riding their brakes to look at the misery of somebody. And there's nothing to look at. There wasn't. It wasn't even like a ooh. It was done. There was the tow truck. There was NHP, and there was an SUV turned the opposite direction, all off to the left shoulder. But they're still driving slow. Why? So they can look. Half of them probably got passengers or whatever. They're filming it just in case they get something to go viral. Just drive the car. Jesus. Just trying to sniff out where that fire was. I just want to make sure none of the places I like to frequent in Chinatown were affected. We'll we'll, we'll do some more research on that. But well, let's go. We got that, we're moving here. Yeah. We don't have time to look at yeah, you need a big that, smoke cloud. You need that pedicure joint and the reflexology place. I know. You mean in every shopping center? In no, Chinatown? you said you said the places you like to Oh, go. okay, yeah. okay. I thought you were just making you a know, generalization I, I, about the, every by the way, every shopping center. You're doing like a Bobby Kraft joke. By the way. Which is not very funny. Um, it's very insensitive. I'm going to go a little rogue here, but uh, off the off the chart. Don't do it. I noticed that it must be college football week. Um, you're repping. Got your Scarlet Knights hat on. Oh. You excited? I thought you were saying I smelled because I was out covering college football practice. I noticed that you stink. No. I need a sweat-stained hat. I have a lot of sweat-stained hats from uh, sitting out there watching some practice it's this morning. Watching there UNLV was a practice. media member today at the Raiders. We were sitting there, and I said – that your uh, that your trailblazers hat there, nifty, and it was a, it was a, like a soft gray with the with the with the trailblazers little swooshed whatever with the red trim. And he goes, nice. He goes, yeah, it was you know kind of. I had to find something new. When he said, I, it was the newest one I could find. Like, and he started messing with the bill and Chris. And I'm thinking to myself, and I looked to my right at our good friend Adam Hill's UNLV hat, and I looked at Paul Gutierrez's, and I'm thinking he had a UNLV hat on. Okay. Yeah, both. Yeah, Paul, I saw Derek Hart made a comment about Paul and, the Mountain yeah, West and yeah, how competition he said that, has gotten was, a little better. It was Paul and uh, yeah. and and a couple and guys in here with UNLV hats on. Yes, no offense to you, but it was just funny because you say that about the sweat stained hats because that's generally the case with across the board. But this one in particular, he had he had a he said I had to find the cleanest hat. I think in a lot of markets, uh, people would complain about these sweat stained hats, but it's freaking hot here, so. It We're not hot. most it, markets. It, it, it was hot today, so you got to wear a hat. I mean, I don't know how it, you, it, it, I don't know how you survive. I'm, you know, you're bald. 
Uh, I'm going bald. I don't want to get scalded on the freaking head. All right. So I was leading five minutes ago to the tire fire that is the offensive line. And that's kind of mean because, you know, all these guys want the job and, you know, they've all been fighting for the gig. What was going on at practice today? I think this must have been a good indicator. It's a joint practice. McDaniels said it himself last week. Without saying it, the preseason games mean nothing. He was looking forward to this joint practice. And the first O-line out this morning, according to Q over on Raider Nation Radio 920, was Colt Miller, Dylan Parham at left guard, Andre James at center, Lester Cotton at right guard, and a right tackle, Alano, Jermaine Illuminor. Yep. If you had told me during the summer that Jermaine Illuminor would be the right tackle. Oh, mama. It's it, okay. Well, first of all, <laughs> Q, Q tweeted that. Collect yourself. Q tweeted that. And then a couple other people were getting ready. And then all of a sudden we got this group text saying, please do not tweet out starting lineups or what you're seeing. Da, da, da. So, so you may have been able to grab that before. But, uh, I don't know if it's a clear indicator if that's the first one he threw out there. It was the very first time they lined up against one another. It wasn't the actual scrimmage. It was like, you know, okay, you're here, and then New England's offense was off to the, in the middle field. So they threw that out there first, yes. So, it, you know, while we're sitting here engaged with Jermaine Illuminor on the right tackle and where's um, Leatherwood, does that mean that Parham's cemented in since that's the first line that we saw? Adam exactly. Hill, uh, four minutes before he was doing a radio spot in Maine, tweeted out at 226, left tackle. He said, Raiders starting offensive line if the season started today. Raiders starting offensive line if the season started today. An Adam Hill special. Left tackle, Colton Miller. Left guard, Dylan Parham. Center, James. Right guard, Cotton. Right tackle, mm, Jermaine Illuminor, maybe Thayer Munford, if he's healthy. You know what? Never mind this experiment. Okay. Well, Adam must be the the expert. I don't know. I don't know either. We, because got, a, we, got, I, a lot, think, we got a lot of situations going I on right think, now well, where we're going to be told, you're going to find out yeah. uh, right before the opening game yes. what's going to happen at this position. We know as much about the offensive line with the Las Vegas Raiders that you know about UNLV starting quarterback on Saturday. How about that? Not correct. Oh, okay. You have inside information. Um, no, I've already stated who I think is going to start. Okay, so let me rephrase it, or let okay, me. Okay, you know re- you're right. I will. I will retract what I said because I haven't spoken to Adam Hill today. He may know who the right tackle is. No, what I'm because saying I also is saw, that. By the way, I also saw today that Paul Gutierrez said something to the effect of, "There's some big offensive line news that we can't report yet." So I don't know if that means the starter has been cemented at right tackle or there's a trade coming. Who knows? There's a lot of things. Maybe the Patriots and Raiders are going to swap an offensive lineman. What's funny is there there is a lot of things that we can't tweet out. A lot of things that we're seeing. And the Patriots laid down some rules as well. So the Patriots PR, you know, what you can do, what you can't do. What couldn't you do? Basically everything that we've been been told, you know, in terms of lineups and play-by-play and this. but These are Belichick's Belichick's rules with both organizations. They're really detailed with with the uh, with the videos, oh, yeah. so so like when you're doing the videos or the live stream, you cannot do more than consecutive uh, a, a total of 
total of 90 seconds, but with joint practices, you could do 180. So if you, so if you, if you've tweeted out, like when, when you're at UNLV practice and you tweet out different things, right? If you hit 182, you know who that's against? NFL.com policy. Is that right? Because what they want you to do is they want you to just tease it and then send people to the official team site. They want people clicks. So apparently, Patriots are in, they're, they're emphasizing that this week. Okay. So all of that, we don't have any answers on the right tackle. We still don't have any answers, but I think that Illuminor is in the lead. I absolutely do. I don't think that Leatherwood has done enough to impress Josh McDaniels. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. I thought we were going to talk about Jermaine Illuminor and just that he has bad taste in food. According to Jakob Johnson, I think Jermaine Illuminor has has done a lot. If, for he doesn't his know game. if ranch is good or mayonnaise is good, and yeah. I thought that was going to be the hot topic. This no. man has now elevated himself, yeah, to be a from, starting from potentially food, a start starting right tackle for a team that hopes to make the playoffs. From food critic to starting right tackle, yes, lots of tweets, lots of opinions, some videos, very limited, of course, according to Willie, passing on the rules. Up next, let's find out who won the joint practice. Seemed like a lot of positive. Raiders information coming out of the mix-up between the Pats and Las Vegas. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's one thing I know the Panthers staff noticed during their practices with the Patriots last week is when they went into two-minute work where you have to react quicker and do things faster, Bill Belichick was the one with the walkie-talkie talking to Mac Jones. It wouldn't shock me. I don't know if it'll be as early as week one, but it wouldn't shock me if at some point Bill Belichick winds up becoming the primary play caller on offense for the Patriots. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Yeah, I think that's what this whole game has been about. That was uh, Al Breer who was on with Hurd yesterday saying that this whole game with uh, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, who's the OC, who's a quarterback coach, we're not going to announce an OC that Belichick may just run the offense. And his point there, when things got down to the nitty-gritty last week against the Panthers during the joint practice, he paid real close attention during the two-minute drill. So reading some of the analysis of the joint practice today, one, Greg Bedard, who's been on with us, and he's a Patriots insider, early on, this was 7-on-7, because they did 11-on-11, but I think it was out of your view. Bedard said Raiders have completely dominated both sides so far. First three Patriot snaps in team. Stuff, stuff, sack. Mac Jones, 5-9 and nine in 7-on-7. Seven seven. Henry reception, only one down the field. Offense looks deflated coming off. Carr sliced up the Pats in 7-on-7. Seven seven. Devontae Adams is unfair. Wow. What a demoralizing day. A loss for the Patriots, based the, on this one tweet. Seven on, before 7-on-7s, seven seven, though, they did run 11-on-11 11 11 right in front of us. Ooh. And dare I say that Carr looked... Very careful. Carr looked uh, sharp. And he he threw some well he threw some dimes that landed perfectly over the shoulder to Devontae, who beat one. He darted one into Hunter Renfro. It wasn't until Stidham got in there and he had a he had one batted down, and then the Patriots finally had something to cheer about. So um th- that was our first look at eleven on eleven, because when they finally started scrimmaging, it was across it was in the middle field, and you know where we sit across in that far corner. And a lot of us at that point, we were just 
baked and we're sitting down and there's people in front of us and then you got the whole sideline just imagine sitting eye level with players and they're across the sideline like you would see if you're looking down from the press box of the stadium right so you're trying to look through you just couldn't see some of the guys more more of the patriots media like they were, it was like they were covering a game they were standing up with i mean six of them had binoculars so they were they were keeping track of everything that was going on with them where the, you know the raiders it was all raiders media we were all just schmoozing but because it was way over there, way over there to see that. So we watched the, the what we could see right in front of us. And, yes, the Raiders looked sharp to start. And then 7-on-7, seven seven, how much are you going to really put into, I mean, lend credence to the 7-on-7? Seven seven? I mean, come on. It's, I, I just don't. There's no pressure. <laughs> and, to be, and, to be and, honest, I don't put much credence in most of practice because yeah. you can't hit. Right. You can't really go at each other. Some of the drills you can on the offensive line, but football practice is so much different than it used to be. Um, you know, for me, I look. You know, I'll watch. You watch quarterback accuracy on drills. Yeah, one on ones. They do one on ones. That's the kind of stuff you look at. But I, I don't feel like. Although you know what, Greg Bedard saying the defense kicked the crap. Raiders defense kicked the crap in seven on seven uh, out of the Patriots. So listen, I wasn't there. I'm going to take your word on it. Uh, but I never go too crazy over practice. I also have to wonder how hard, and I'm not saying that the Patriots like took the day off, but I want to. I want to know. I want to. You know, four Patriots were ejected from last week's two day joint with Carolina, right? And one of the local. I was talking to him in the media in the Raiders media room, and he said that through their little channels, they were told that Belichick laid the law down. There's not to be any. So I have to wonder if they just, it was almost as if when they lined up against one another and they were hitting the the, the trenches, that they weren't necessarily given, maybe they were going 80%. So if the Raiders were going all out and the Patriots just kind of just go, are you getting a good gauge of everything? I I'm with you. I was looking at what Carr was doing, throwing against coverage. I think the DBs were going up. They they were cha- – I mean, it's Devontae Adams. They're going to look at it like, yeah, heck yeah, I want to go against – you know, I want to challenge. I'm going to go up against it, see what I got against the number one guy in the league. Um, and and there was that one play that stood out to me. I just thought he looked fantastic. He's dropped back. There was pressure. They were bringing it around the edge because, no, the offensive line was the one weakness in, in what I saw. And I think that Carr landed a dime, and then he followed it up with a nice little shot to, to Hunter Renfro. And then from there, Mac Jones started out terrible, it's a, point blank, but then he made up for it during the scrimmage. You know, from what I could see and when I was walking back to the media room and then just reading some of the Patriots media reports, he, he made up for it in the second half of this uh, practice. Derek Carr really enjoyed the joint practice today. Yeah. Joint practices, they show more stuff. You know, it's not as vanilla, you know, for everyone to see, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I think that's something I've always loved about it. And when you when you practice against two coaches that know each other too, I mean, the guys are keeping each other safe, all that kind of stuff. So you're getting full speed to impact. And so you, you know who won the rep and who, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I just love the different looks you get. It's a different defense. It's a different, uh, you know, philosophy. It's all those, all those kind of things situations come up and uh, you know I think that you can get a, a lot accomplished rather than just you know 14 or 15 you know snaps in a preseason game and that's why Derek Carr will not be seen in the preseason and when McDaniels has been asked about it repeatedly without saying I don't care about preseason games he doesn't care about preseason games because Carr is right you can get a lot more out of this and he also pointed out uh, they're going full speed until impact and you got two teams that understand let's not go off on each other and I know there was a lot of references in the Press conference afterwards, too, 
the Pats and the Panthers fighting last week and the Raiders and the Rams fighting last year during their joint practice. That nonsense is not necessary. It's just not. I guess unless one of the coaches wants to go rogue and he's like, we need this. We need to crank up the intensity. But there's a risk there that someone could get hurt. Uh, From there, Carr talked about Josh McDaniels. He was asked about the relationship with McDaniels. And the more you hear these guys talk about each other, well, one, I hope this works to the next level beyond what Gruden and Carr had. But, man, Carr is so complimentary of Josh Daniels, Josh McDaniels, and his football smarts. Our relationship has been great. When he, when they were, I mean, last week when they were in Miami and I'm at home, he's texting me the night before the game. You know, we're sitting there talking about a preseason game that's being played, you know, and we're, you know, the thought process and just really growing that relationship, being on the same page a couple of times today where he was saying something in the headset to me or to Stiddy, I would walk over to him. I say, hey, when you say that, what do you mean? You know, and I was like, okay, because, because. Sometimes the same words coming from one person aren't, doesn't mean the same thing coming from somebody else, right? And so uh, I've had some coaches that say the same thing, but it means something different. And so I would just go over and make sure. And so we're just growing. We're, we're working on that. Um, and I'm just asking questions, learning as much as I can. He's, he's really smart. You guys all know that. Um, he's very, very smart. And that, that's, that's always been my favorite part of the football game was, was the mental side, you know, um, you know being able to know basically what to do before it even happens and all that kind of stuff and just trying to do that and he thinks that way too and so it's been I said to say like we think on the same kind of wavelength especially offensive minded um, you know so we th- see things similar and I'm learning I'm learning a lot from him he's very detail oriented um, I've said it before to our guys not just with me but like with the whole team offense defense special teams he knows every detail of every scheme and that's really impressive it's not the first time he said that that's true because we asked him um, specifically, can you learn, even though you're watching your backup, do you stand with McDaniels to learn during the game? And he said, absolutely. It's it's what he's enjoyed first couple of preseason or after the Hall of Fame game. Um, so I wondered that, if you heard the first part of that, where he said they were texting while they were in Miami and he stayed back here in Las Vegas. Because the first thing I thought of when he was one of the ones that stayed home was... Okay, what happened to, you know, well, there's no sense in these guys going to Miami. Okay, but what happened to the whole, I like standing with him, I like asking questions, so and so. So it sounds like they were texting about things to learn more. And I, you know, there are sometimes you think that we're getting lip service from Derek Carr on certain topics, and I 100% believe that we are, but. I truly do believe that he's genuine in what he's said the first few weeks, the first month when it comes to the relationship and the bond that he has built with McDaniels, because let's face it, he really has no choice but to buy into the philosophy and grow with the system and learn. He, this is this is a big year for him, so he's got to 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 sort of bond with them. Fired up to announce a live show next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, August 31st, we'll be live at Ellis Island, one of my favorite spots. Got the Village Pub in there with the steak special. The Secret Steak Special still going really strong, selling hundreds of those every day. They got the front yard out front, amazing. Never thought that was even possible. That was a parking lot. Now they've got this fantastic restaurant, bar, sports viewing area, the brewed beer there. I mean, come on, compared to the Strip, it's awesome. Uh, Tall Boys, uh, just $4. I'm completely down with their half of eyes in. Uh, if you want to play, they've extended their gaming floor. 
They've got super liberal odds on craps. Nice, uh, you know, high level play on blackjack. It's Koval and Flamingo, Ellis Island next week, next Wednesday. Cofield and Company on the road, three to six show. It's part of our Steve Sear Summer Tour 2022 at Ellis Island with Cofield and Company next Wednesday. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. It's funny that you mentioned accountability because that was something that Coach McDaniels mentioned in the team meeting. And I had a fumble during one of the 9-7 and seven drills. And then um, I had a drop. So I did 10 push-ups for that and then 50 push-ups for the, the fumble. And that's just something that I, I do. We got a little fine board in the running back room. But at the end of the day, accountability is something that we harp on. And I feel like as a team, that limits the mistakes that we make. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. That was Kenyon Drake late July talking about accountability. Push-ups too, huh? All right, we'll get to the push-up thing in just a little bit. A lot more on Patriots, Raiders, joint practice one today. They have another practice tomorrow. And we're about 10 minutes away from previewing another one of the Raiders' opponents during the regular season, the Texans. The Texans fall in a key stretch for the Raiders where Las Vegas has got to pile up some wins against teams that are not good, and the Texans are not good. Kenyon Drake, you weren't on yesterday. Nope. They made it official today. We yep. reacted yesterday, but through the NFL, through the, the wire, they made it official today. Kenyon Drake, running back, has been released. Uh, you got him on the phone. I did. And he said what? He me. I just introduced myself, or reintroduced, and he said that uh, Dave Ziegler had contacted him personally. And he actually added that Dave said it's uncustomary for me to do this to 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 be the one to reach out. But uh, he said that show as a testament to what he thinks of me as a player and a man. He wanted to let him know what their plans were up front, and that um, he felt that it was necessary to call him personally because regardless of what happened, like they were going to try to trade him, which it didn't happen, so they released him today. Um, but he said, so re- regardless of what happens, we're releasing you. So he wanted to let him know. I asked him specifically, I said, Kenyon, did you see the writing on the wall? And he said, when when I went to the trip in Miami, I pretty much knew. He said, you know, he came into the season. Remember, he had the ankle injury. He went down December 6th last year, and that was a season-ending injury for him. Season-ending injury ankle, Steve. We just talked about that a couple segments ago, right? Uh, ankles, they're not they're they're serious. Anyway, um, he said coming into this training camp, his goal was to sort of get player re- get 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 camp ready, get practice ready, and the reps reps were limited, and he felt that he wasn't being used properly enough to get him in football shape with his with his ankle. And he said either way, when it's when when they start using me. My legs are already sore. My ankle is already sore afterwards. I'm getting treatment on it. Why not just get me in there and get it over with and let's get it going? He said and that sort of threw up a little bit of a red flag, and he wondered when they were going to start doing that. So um, he, he was complimentary of the organization. He was complimentary of the running back room. He said everybody came to work. Everybody, he, he, he respected the heck out of every single running back, from Josh Jacobs down to Zamir White. He said that he, he could – Britton Brown, you know, the rookies – Said that he couldn't have been more, you know, just 
inspired in, in being among those guys and that he's just going to use this as now inspiration to bring his talent elsewhere. He says he can. He certainly feels he could fit in. I asked him if he, um, if he had a wish list, like where he wants to go, and he said no. Haven't thought about that. I just, I just want to go somewhere where I can, you know, contribute and help somebody, help a team get dubs. So he was really cool. He was gracious. Um, I, I actually let him know that on the air on on Cofield and Company that I had him pegged as 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 my guy. I thought that he was going to be in with him and Zamir White. So I was a little shocked by the news and uh, probably not as much as he was, but um it actually it sounded like I might have been more shocked than he was cuz he was expecting it. And then when the recorder went off, conversation continued with Ooh. Uh, Oh yeah. Off the record. We can't talk about it. Well, no, it wasn't off the record. I just, hmm. I told him. I said, hey, so the recorder's off. No, I just just want to let you know, dude, that it's, um, now that I got your number, I'm going to keep it. I won't pester you or anything, but I will be sending you a picture or a video in the next couple of weeks. I owe you 25 push-ups. I, I said, by the way, I'm the one that tweeted to you after the Vikings game, and he started laughing. I said, I was going to give you the 25 push-ups. This is uh, Raiders Media Logo Gate. Yeah, They've logo got a gate. giant yeah, logo yeah, yeah. in the middle of the locker room. The thing that JVT doesn't like to talk about. a bunch of you folks walked on the logo. I heard I heard there was a handful that just stood there and didn't move. No, I, I but some walked the, on the it. Circle, some hit the, the edge of it. The edge, that's what and, I uh, And the, the Raiders take it. The players take it pretty seriously. There, there Especially a, Drake. Because Drake, I guess, called out one guy and was like, do the push-ups right now. And the person was like, <laughs> and, and you know, eventually walked away. Like, no, it was I, more I, like, I meant do the push-ups right now. He went, and they just walked off. Wow. I well, moved not out of the way. Not everyone's in shape. I moved out of the way of a coach who was wheeling one of those big, you know, bins with jerseys and equipment. And I back in and Heidi was like, no, 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 Willie, don't. I said, okay, what do Did I do? Did you explain you have knee issues? That you didn't want to get hit by the cart? Did you use that as an excuse? No. I just said I didn't know that you couldn't do that. Okay, I'll get down and do them. The coach yeah. was, no, 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 don't worry about it. I was like, I have no problem in doing it. So I told him on the phone. I said, Kenyon. He goes, I want a video. He go, At first he goes, he goes, he started laughing when I said I was the one that takes He said, okay. He goes, I want a video from an angle. I want to see it. Send it to me. I appreciate it. I said, I'm going to get it should done. Like and 11, not only, it should be like 11 of you in the video. And not... Okay. There were a lot of violators. Let's, let's, what I heard let's, wasn't okay. me. I wasn't there. I'm not sure how many could bust up 25 and or they need to go on their knees. Uh, could they do it on the knees? Anybody can do push-ups on their knees. 25? Yes. Okay. Um, but I, t- I said, I'm going to send it to you. At some point, you're going to get this video. I got a busy week, but when I get into I'm going to do it from my uh, my son's personal gym, and I'm going to do it there, and I'm have someone film it, and he started laughing. He goes, that's love. I appreciate it. I said, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you giving me the exclusive one-on-one today. I'll talk at you. And then we hung up. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. It's time for Cofield & Company's Las Vegas Raiders opponent preview. Let's break down the Raiders versus the Texans. That's my team in the playoffs for the first time. We got a lock like commitment of the worst crime. All right, let's get through the Texans, one of the Raiders' opponents. During the regular season, Patrick Creighton is always our guy we lean on in H-Town, 97.5 ESPN. Patrick, how you doing, buddy? 
Steve, Willie, how we doing, brother? We're good. We're good. We're good. I'm glad you're on. Uh, First of all, let's get the uh, elephant out of the room. How much are you guys talking about Deshaun Watson? How glad are you that you don't have to talk about him very often? Jesus loves us down here in Houston. He (laughs) loves us. And because he loves us as good-fearing Christian boys down here in the deep south, he took away the pariah. He took away the shame, and he gave it to those heathens and the (laughs) nope. Is there much chatter about him anymore? Uh, a lot less than uh, than there had been. He's he's more of, a, of an ancillary story at this point. I mean, uh, you know, in the eleven games. Uh, you know, the, the day that it came out, there was a lot of the all right. So, uh, what secret bag did the NFL you know mix and match? How many magic eight balls were consulted to come up with this number? But uh, at the end of the day. Uh, you know, that was kind of a, a two-day story, and now focus has kind of gotten back onto the Texans and, you know, uh, the young talent on the Texans, the fact they no longer have the worst head coach and the worst offensive coordinator in the league. and Maybe they won't have the worst running game in the NFL this year. No, things are actually looking up, even though nobody expects them to have a winning record. We do look at the team and say, well, at least there's a plan. At least there is a positive trajectory. Things appear to be going in the right direction. They are not the rudderless ship tempest tossed across the water that maybe they were a year ago. Did they go with the right guy in Lovey Smith, or did you have another direction you wanted the Texans to go in? I thought Lovey should have been a candidate long before he was a candidate. Okay. I mean, Lovey did a hell of a job in Chicago. you got to be a pretty damn good head coach to get to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. That you got to be good to be able to do that. And let's face it, he got a road deal in Tampa Bay uh, when they decided, oh, well, we can't lose Dirk Cutter. That worked out really well for Tampa, by the way. Uh, so, you know, Lummy kind of got screwed at his last spot. I thought he deserved another shot. I'm glad he's finally going to get one. In the end, why didn't the brass that comes from the Patriots give Flores the job? Just too hot to handle at this time? Uh, I would say that that's pretty much all of it. As soon as, as soon as the lawsuit dropped, you figured he was never getting a head coaching job. Nobody, nobody wanted that smoke. And the Texans, who are traditionally a more conservative franchise, definitely didn't want to go that route. Patrick Creighton, ESPN 97.5 in Houston, as uh, the Raiders are set to host H-Town and the Texans. That's going to be on the 23rd of October. All right, let, let's let's talk about you said they have a direction they're going in. Uh does that direction mean winning now? What is the goal this year? I think the Texans are legitimately a six win team. Uh I think seven is possible. I think eight would be absolute max Q. But I think a six to seven win season is is very much realistic for the Houston Texans. Uh, Davis Mills will now have a second year, and, and Pep Hamilton is now at the controls of the offense, not Tim Kelly. That's a big deal. Uh, but you saw, you know, last year early in the season, Davis Mills had the deer and headlights look. By the end of the season, well, he was the best rookie quarterback in the league the last five games of the year. So there was a massive improvement from him. The the, the curve got real steep on the learning curve, and, and he. He got a lot better at the end of the year. So you're looking for him to continue to grow on that. Uh, they took uh, Kenyon Green with the 15th overall pick. He's finally going to play 
against San Francisco this week. So we'll get our first look at him in game action. But they drafted him because they knew the the interior of their offensive line was really weak, and it's been a big contributor to why they haven't been able to run the football for the last couple of years. They get no push. So getting to see Kenyon Green will, will be a big deal. Uh, I don't think Max Sharping will make the team. He's the guy who got absolutely roasted for a strip sack uh, in the last game against the Rams, two threes and wannabes. Uh, also got beat for another tackle for loss. He's been just a disaster of a draft pick. So I don't think he will make the team. Uh, the Texans' offensive line is a big deal. They, they've been playing without essentially three starters in, in the preseason. And a lot of teams don't always play their starters. But for the Texans, who don't have tremendous depth, it is certainly you know made it hard to judge what kind of progress that they were going to make this year. You saw uh, in this last game against the Rams, they stayed in their regular, real basic, real vanilla offense. They couldn't run the football. They get into the two-minute drill, and Davis Mills is, you know, throwing darts around the field, and they score a touchdown. So uh, I think that we'll see more progress from the team once you start seeing the actual real offensive line, when Brandon Cooks is out on the field as their number one target. So I, I think that there is promise for this team to be better than last year and certainly to win more than the four-and-a-half games that, that Vegas is putting out there. That would be essentially, hey, we think they're going to be as bad as they were a year ago. They've got a much better head coach. They've got a much better offensive board. They have a lot more young talent. This team should be better. Let's go back about a minute, what you were saying about Davis Mills and how he closed strong. But I figured from the outside, hey, the plan here is hey, he probably won't be very good this year. It's time to get that franchise quarterback. What if Mills went out, played well, was pretty consistent, and they win eight games? Does that move them off the plan to draft a quarterback in 2023? I would hope it does because, let, let's be real, if, if you are taking another quarterback, you're, you're, resetting, you're, you're resetting the franchise again, right? So that means the experiment with Mills failed. Now you've got to start over again, and then that guy needs a learning curve. So, you know, Davis Mills last year, when he, when he played those last five games, you saw things from him that you didn't see during the season. He was a lot more decisive. Uh, his throws were crisp. They were accurate. He showed functional mobility in the pocket to be able to evade the rush, to be able to buy enough time to make plays down the field. He was accurate. He completed 67% of his passes. Uh, he made much better reads. All the things were there that said, hey, you know what, If you know, the Texans' belief of, hey, if this guy had stayed in college for his senior year, he probably would have been a first-round pick. You saw the, the talents that made them think that way. and You, know, you want to see them give him an, a real opportunity, not have him play behind five-park cars again and have the worst rushing game in the league. If you want to help a young quarterback develop, you can't let him just get his head kicked in every time he drops back to pass. And you've got to give him some kind of semblance of a running game. Texas couldn't do either of those things last year, and he still played really well that last five-game stretch of the season. So uh, there is there is optimism that Davis Mills can take that next step and show that he can be the guy you can build around. Continuing the Raiders' opponent preview, talking to Patrick Creighton, 97.5 ESPN, covering the Texans. Patrick, Houston has had the worst running game in the NFL for the past two seasons. They made some additions this offseason. What can we expect to see with that running game? Well, it can't get worse, right? I mean, 83 and a half yards a game, dead bleeping last last year. I and mean, they, they couldn't run against the local Houston area high school team last year. It was so bad. But the running back room is a lot better, right? Damian Pierce, fourth-round pick. Uh, you knew coming out of Florida, the guy runs with bad intention. Right? He's a violent, physical back. 
but what has been shown by Pierce uh, in training camp and in the one preseason game he played is that this guy's got a lot more speed than people thought. He's got a lot more shiftiness than people thought. He can make guys miss. He's also shown he's got good hands. Uh, he had a really nice catch today uh, during practice during a red zone drill uh, for a touchdown. He's shown things that people didn't know about him. This guy might wind up being the best running back they've had since Arian Foster. He's shown a lot of the tools that will translate to him being a real three-down back. Mullen Max a solid back. You know, a couple of years ago, I think it was 2019, uh, he ran for almost 1,100 yards with Indy. Then he ruptured his Achilles in 2020. Spent last year watching Jonathan Taylor run all over the league. But he says that he's healthy. He says the best that he's felt since, you know, before he injured his, his Achilles. And uh, he's, he's a solid back. He's not a world beater, but he's dependable. Uh, he certainly is uh, a guy they know they can get at least, you know, quality production from. And Rex Burkhead is uh, an old hand third-down back, uh, pass catcher. They can use him in the slot. Uh, he's a guy they know can pick up uh, blitz coverage. Uh, if they have guys struggling with that, they know that they can turn to Burkhead for that. So the running back room itself is a lot better. A lot of it is going to depend on how long does it take Kenyon Green to get up to snuff. He's going to play his first preseason game this week. They really need him to ramp up because when uh, you saw the last couple of years, the guard position for the Texans has been a disaster, and those guys are turnstiles. They need Kenyon Green to be able to come in, lock down that left side next to Laramie Tunsil. At least you would be able to say, all right, well, this side of the line is good, and then the only you know question mark you really have will be at right guard where, you know, A.J. Can, a guy they signed uh, out of Jacksonville, who is not exactly a great player. I'll put it that way. I'm trying to be nice. Uh, he, he he doesn't have a whole lot of uh, high ratings or rankings or anything like that. But he's the guy at, at right guard. Uh, maybe Justin McCray gets uh, some some opportunity there. But uh, they'll be down to at least only one weak spot on the line if they can get Kenyon Green up and running and ready to go. All right, so let's get down to the nitty-gritty with uh, who I feel, of course, because I'm biased, the most important and integral part on the offense. We got one minute. Tell us why Brevin Jordan is going to be the key component on that offensive side out of Las Vegas. We got one minute. Fire it up, Patrick. Why do you want me to lie to you guys like that, man? Why why do you want me to lie to the good people of Las Vegas? Can I talk about, you know, the Golden Knights or something instead of lying to these people? Uh, The tight end position of the Texans has been an issue for, for, they haven't had a good tight end since Owen Daniels. Okay, it's been a minute. Uh, they're, They're looking for, you know, for Revan to give them, you know, a pass catcher. Uh, they're looking for him to, to be reliable as, as a blocker. We'll see. Uh, you know, Farrell Brown's another guy. He came into camp in better shape. You know, maybe we'll see if he's can. Uh, you know, he's out there talking about he's going to be a Pro Bowl. All right, let's see. You know, in something other than that. But uh, the, the tight end position has been a black hole for them for a while. So anything positive they get out of their tight end, I'll take it. I mean, that's Grady. We do have a couple extra seconds. Because okay. we do have to run our oh. bet by him real quick. Okay. Oh, yeah, we have a bet. Yeah. Have, yeah. So our bet is I have the Jaguars minus two and a half wins over the Texans. Am I crazy? You think the Jags are going to be three games better than the Texans? Yes. Yeah, and I... And I yeah, I, you're crazy. I took, thank you. <laughs> you're, 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 you should not let your wife know that you're that insane. She might divorce you. Well, I'm not married, but uh, it's for a dinner, but so it's not, remember, it's, not, I mean, it's not a life-altering wager. They don't have wager. her to fire anymore, but they still got Trey Bowden. 
They'll find a way. I get it. I get it. I think, I think one team is trying to win. I, I think in the end, the Texans are, uh, may pull the plug without, you know, you do it responsibly. Uh, they want a high pick in this draft. But we'll see. We'll play it out. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you the week of the Texans if you're available uh, against the Raiders. Patrick, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. For you guys, anytime, man. Always appreciate being on. See you later.